Welcome to the Expert Economy Podcast with your host, Naomi Johnson, three times author, LinkedIn guru, profile writer, and founder of The Expert Economy, the place where industry's best thinkers come to glean the tips and wisdom they need to build their business, life, and mindset, and create abundance for themselves and the clients they serve. Now, here's your host, Naomi Johnson. Hello and welcome to episode six of The Expert Economy. Today, I'm going to be talking about why having startup cash is the worst thing for your new business. Now, just a caveat before we really dive into that, what I wanna just say here is that this is the moment you need to know what type of entrepreneur you are. Because obviously, if you are somebody Because obviously, if you are somebody who is opening a shop, getting stock and inventory, of course, you're going to need startup cash for your business. But as an expert entrepreneur who is selling their expertise as a service, having startup cash is not necessarily needed. And it also can be the worst thing for your business. When I started my business, I had no startup cash at all. And that forced me to go out there and use all the mechanisms and tools I knew to actually get myself business going. And what I did was ask myself some really, really important questions um, that got me to speak in front of an audience of 120 people within two weeks to book in 40 sales appointments. And from there, I sold 10 LinkedIn profiles and hit my target for my very first month in business, got the cash that I needed, and was then able to repeat that month after month until I was fully booked and obviously keep that going for the last five years as long as well as doing my coaching and training packages as well. So it really is possible to not have cash at the beginning and get this going. So if you are somebody who is being forced into this situation of entrepreneurship, absolutely, you can make this happen with the right things in place. The other side of it, of course, is that people get started, they've got savings, they've got inheritance, they've got redundancy payout, or you might consider remortgaging the house in order to free up some cash. Now, these are really great things to have, obviously. I mean, who wouldn't want those things? But I just wanna throw out there that having that cash can really change your mindset in a really detrimental way, and a way that's not gonna help you to grow your business. So in this episode, what I wanna do is just throw out some of the reasons why having that cash can actually really hurt your mindset and actually hurt the development of your new business so that you can take this on board and really hold on to that, that savings that you've had, all that you've built up and still have that intact when you've got your business up and going and really working for you. Because anything that we put into our business, any of that cash that we take out of remortgaging our house, out of our inheritance, our savings, our redundancy, any of the money that we take out from our life like that and put into a business is an investment into a business. And it needs to have a return on investment, just the same as if a friend came to you and said, I'm starting up a chocolate factory, I need 5,000 pounds from 10 investors, do you wanna be an investor? You would not just say, yeah, take my money, I'll get free chocolate. You would go, okay, what's my return on investment? What can I look for as a percentage of money back and when and what all the terms? And you need to be thinking about that exactly the same in your your family life and in your business and your personal finances. What is the return on investment that we are expecting to get for the cash that we put in? So 
when we do get started as expert entrepreneurs, we are usually coming from a place of um, employment, uh, a lifetime of employment, most likely. If you're really specialist at what you do and an expert, then absolutely, you've, you've probably had a long corporate career. Um, you are not used to sales and you're not used to marketing and you're used to being an employee. And as an employee, going into entrepreneurship, there's a very, very different mindset. And it's one that you're going to have to learn and learn as fast as possible, which also goes with that very steep learning curve that we all have when starting off a business. So you need to be gentle with yourself and you need to give yourself space and time and be realistic. It's not going to work out immediately, but it's also not going to work out without the right intention. Now, what do I mean by the right intention? You can't put off doing sales and marketing. As someone who's never done sales and marketing yourself, most likely, um, or if you have, selling yourself and your proposition of what you think you can do and how you believe that you can help, um, that's a very different mind game to selling somebody else's product. So what can happen is that we can get really creative, fall in love with our topic, fall in love with our business and, and all the things that we can do and, and, and networking and communicating with people and getting out there and we're full of enthusiasm. But we, we don't have that natural ability and that natural strength in us to do sales, to ask for the buying question, to know how to structure our sales conversations and how to to lead a person through that journey. And because we don't know that, we haven't got that comfort with it, what will happen is, is we'll recoil. We'll recoil back to safety, a place that we do know. Um, and we, you know, self-employment, you don't know it. <laughs> but it's an, it's an inter more interesting spot to be in. Like, well, I can do this bit, and I can do this bit really well and feel really good about the product I'm developing. So I'm just gonna sit here and do my product. Um, and when the product's done, I'll then go out and sell it. Um, because I need something, you know, I need to have something made and looking good in order to sell it, which is big myth, big myth. You don't need to have it made and ready to be able to sell it. So what can happen, and I know this for myself, um, you know, you can read about it in my book, Grassroots to Green Shoots, which I uh, wrote in 2010 and just re, re did for, tw for 2020. Um, this kind of like recoiling away from sales and just thinking it'll work itself out and it will happen. Um, a very good mentor of mine at that time in 2008, it must have been. Um, I was complaining that I had no money and I was being a real victim about it and towards it. And he says to me, Naomi, how many sales appointments have you been on in the last week? And I, I just stared at him. And he goes, what about the last month? And I just stared. And like what flew out of my mouth was a pile of excuses about how I shouldn't have to sell because I'm a life coach and I help people and it should just happen and work. And he goes, no, business doesn't work like that. No one's going to come looking for you and knocking on your door. And even if they do, which can happen, obviously, what are you going to say to them? How are you going to present your value? How are you going to transform that into a package um, and like present it in a way that people can buy it? And so there really is no way of getting around doing sales. Um, and when we have money in the bank, what can happen is, is we can recoil back to our comfort zone and nurse our wounds of our first attempts of doing sales and say, well, I'll just develop this product. And when the product's done and it looks really good, then people want to buy it. And actually, that's, that's really not true. Because what will happen is that you'll develop this product in isolation. You're not developing it with your ideal client front of mind. You're not testing out your ideas with your ideal client. So they're not, you're not getting that, that feedback. 
And every day that you're doing that, you're getting more into your own little echo chamber of just you, and you're not in the the, 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 the the wide energetic conversation of what's really happening in an industry, how things are really showing up, the problems are really showing up for your ideal client, what's actually happening and changing. But when you actually do sales appointments and you do them right, which is what I talk about in my book, The Expert Economy, which you're all very welcome to go and download a copy of, uh, just go to www.theexperteconomy.co.uk. Um, when you actually do your sales appointments right, they are research, they are an exploration of what it is that your clients are looking for. And that kind of feedback and that energy that they give you can go into your product and make sure that your product is actually going to fulfill a need. When you don't do it that way, you do it in isolation, you're just doing what you think they need. And it's like a, an aeroplane that if it goes two degrees off course, five hours later it can be on the opposite side of the planet. And that's exactly the same with yourself. If, you, if you're if you developing a product in isolation and you go two degrees off course and you stay there for five months, that product could be null and obsolete because nobody will want it because it doesn't match what the real problems were out in the industry. So having these regular sales appointments and these regular conversations is really you being the pilot and just adjusting that plane and making sure that you're constantly on course. You'll never be on a straight line because... Planes don't fly in straight lines. They require autopilot and the pilot to constantly be doing this recorrection. And your sales appointments are the recorrection to the marketplace, to what's happening. Now, we don't need to be scared of sales when we structure our sales appointments right, because they are that feedback. Um, and I'd love to assist you and help you with creating those sales appointments to feel like friendly conversations and this kind of industry touch points if you need that help. Um, is definitely available for you and on the course that I provide. Um, but let's just really delve into, you know, what are the implications when you work in isolation like that financially? Because we've talked about the product we've talked and how that can go off course and how you can go off course and how easy it is to retreat um, and go into sales, uh, go into creative mode and, and pull away from sales. Um, let's talk about what can happen financially. Because let's just assume for a minute that you in your full-time work were earning like maybe £4,000 a month and your overheads in your personal life were maybe £2,500 per month. And so you had a uh, £1,500 disposable income. Some of you might be going, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> um, but let's just work with those figures for now. Um, your, your value in the marketplace for what you were trading before when you were employed was £4,000, for example. Let's just go with that figure. £4,000, which means that your trading value now should be £4,000 or above. Otherwise, what is the point of being here? Now, you may not generate that £4,000 immediately, so we can just put a little caveat on that and go, okay, but that's the minimum and above that we want to go for as an aim for this business. Um, but what we do know is that you have going out of the bank every month £2,500. And that £2,500 is an overhead and it is a cost to your business because it doesn't stop. So if you were are somebody and you've got a redundancy payout of, uh, say, £10,000, um, you've only actually got four months runway before that money runs out because... And that isn't even in investing in your business. That's just in taking four months to work on your business when it isn't generating an income. So what can then also happen is if you've got that more than that, so you've got 100,000, you go, right, okay, I've got 10,000 
will be um, four months and it might just as, you know, in this, what I'm trying to say here is it can creep up and suddenly you spent £20,000 on personal expenses. And then you might invest in a website for your product. You might worth invest in graphics and, and, and a training course here and a training course there. And before you know it, you spent £50,000 in a business that isn't actually trading and hasn't got any customers. That is the overhead of your business. That is the cost of your product. So you're sitting there looking at this wonderful product you spent nine months on, you're gonna go out and sell it. And now things are looking a little bit tricky because you're not used to selling. You have a product that you've invested 50,000 pounds in. And it's really important that you look at that because if you then decided to walk away and do something else, you've, you're sitting on a 50,000 pound asset or is it a liability um, that hasn't re- re- giving you that return on investment? And if like if a friend came to you and said, you know, can you invest in my business? I really like to get. I'd like fifty thousand pounds from you, um, to invest. You, your next question would be, okay, and what are the terms? What what's my what's the interest rate? And when do you pay out? Like, what are the risks? You'd have a very very different conversation with your friend wanting fifty thousand pounds than you would with yourself starting your business with savings in the bank where you have the the runway to do these things. So it's really, really important that you look at how you're developing things and where you're developing them. And I've already given you the solution uh, to this uh, today and in, and in other podcasts where it's about constantly being in touch with that marketplace and practicing your sales. So I'm just going to give you a, an example of a lady that I know who um, was running her business as in an, in an accelerator. And so she had lots of support around her from the university and other places. And she put an application in for lottery funding and they gave her £7,000. And she said, oh, this is really good because this gives me another two months to develop my product. And I said, okay, do you have any customers at the moment? Well, no. I said, do you do any sales at the moment? No. Do you have any people that you go to and that, that could you could sell to? No, I still need to do that, like find potential customers. I said, so you're in this position right now where the lottery funding has just saved your bacon um, and you can stay in your business and you don't have to get a job, but you're going to invest in a product even more. And so in two months time, you're actually going to be in exactly the same situation again. And she was like, well, yeah, I guess so. And I said, okay, well, do you want a suggestion on how I would spend the money? She was like, okay. I said, I would spend the money, either you or you hire somebody on commission with the basic money, hire somebody with that seven grand to go out, build you a customer list and start approaching those customers, building those relationships and attending sales appointments on your behalf or you going to them as well. You don't have to pay them a lot of money because it's commission based. But if they don't believe that they can earn a commission from what you're selling, that's your first red flag because it's probably not sellable. If they, um, if you were to pay them a full-time wage, you are going to be wasting a lot of money there because pe- salespeople rest. They rest on their laurels the same as we do. And so there has to be that drive and that motivation. But if you said, right, seven months, £7,000, I'll put £1,000 basic in. In seven months, you will have seven months worth of networking, client lists, client appointments, feedback from those sales appointments. And most importantly, sales which is cash into the business which is the return on investment for that seven thousand pounds and if you don't have sales in seven months then you've got a real problem that is really letting you know that your product isn't going to sell you will have so much more as an asset than if you just continued the way that you are
because you can't afford to stay as you are. You need to put, we need to get you out into the market now. We need you to test that somebody will want this product because there's a good chance that if you're in isolation and you haven't been talking to people and you haven't been doing your research, they don't want this product. They don't want this thing that you're gonna spend another two months developing. So you need to get out there and sell, basically. Um, and that is how easy it is to, you know, be so creative and love our topic so much and be so grateful for the opportunity to, to spend time working on our, on our product uh, because the money has become available to us. Um, whew, that it, it's so, it's so difficult um, because it is such a mindset shift and you have to be really, really disciplined uh, to actually make that shift and get out of that comfort zone and to go, right, I'm going to go and do sales appointments. Um, and you really want to be getting into the habit of doing sales appointments from the very get-go of your business. It's exactly what I did when I, when I developed the expert economy and I developed my course. I actually went out and sold the course before I wrote the course. And it was a wonderful time because I would actually like I wake up on a Thursday morning and I'd roll over in bed, pick up my laptop and I spend the whole day just sitting there developing my course. I did have an office with a desk, honestly, in, a, in an innovation space at university, but that day I just needed complete isolation and I'd wake up mulling over the course and then I'd write the course right where I was and then I'd get dressed, go swimming, go to the university, go into the meeting room that we had um, and everybody would come in and I would deliver the training that I spent the day writing. And then they would look at me and praise me and they'd tell me stories and then they'd look at me inquisitively and go, what's that? Um, and I would go, oh, and I'd have to define it more than I expected. Um, and maybe there was a mistake on one of the slides or the content could be a little bit different around. And that would give me really, really vital feedback as to how the course needed to be. Then what I would do is I'd go up to my desk, um, it'd be about 9.30 at night at this point, um, and I would make those changes immediately to what I had written. And the next day, I would get to the office at 10 a.m. I went on a um, on a webinar with all of the clients I'd sold to um, around the country, uh, maybe the world actually, um, and, and then I delivered the course again. And this time it was recorded um, and I was able to bring in real great stories and some energy and life in it from the night before. And I was able to record a product that had actually had been tested and, and tried already um, and deliver that course online, record it, and then put that recording into my product, which I could then go on and sell multiple times to other people. So you can see how what I could have done was just sat there and done it myself. But without that vital feedback from the target audience and their questions and their stories of success, um, then it wouldn't have had the same energy and it would have been like the plane going off course. Um, so so yeah, that's that's the premises of why having too much cash really, really can can really get you off course because it pushes you into a comfort zone that you think you can get away with. But every single day there are overheads going out of that business. And if you are starting to invest in things, um, those overheads are going up and up and up and the, the cost of your business and what you're investing is going up and up and up. Um, the other thing as well is that training courses that are quite expensive become very accessible to you, even though they are pitched for a completely different client who's in a completely different stage in their business. 
Um, so therefore you will be, it's as a lot of what I said in episode two, which was um, get advice savvy, learn the advice to listen to and what to run from. There are five vital stages that your new business is going to go through. Well, not just new, to, to maturity. <laughs> um, and, and knowing those five vital stages will actually really help you to know what courses to invest in and when and actually save you that money. Because some of these courses, some very, very fancy people um, with credentials are selling them and they'll sell them for like 7,000, 10,000 pounds. And just a little thing to let you know, the reason why they are selling them for that price is because usually they're selling them from the stage at an event where the only reason they've been invited to uh, come to that event is because they can sell from the stage, they've proven that they can. And also the event organizers are gonna take 50% of every sale. So if someone puts together a course teaching you how to use something and it's £3,000, that trainer is only gonna get 1,500. The, the conference runner is gonna get 1,500 as well. So you can see like, where is the there's a real disparity in there disparity in there where where your money is actually going um so it can sound really great oh seven thousand pounds let's do this course but that's really overpriced really because well they paid a lot for exposure didn't they to get in front of you but uh you know i'm just i'm just wanting to say here that there are there are a lot of great courses out there but they're also they can be overpriced for these reasons and also it can be very much the wrong time for you in your business. The other thing that you can rest on your laurels with and get into a comfort zone over is putting emphasis on all the wrong things. Like I'm going to go and build a website. I'm starting a business, I need a website. I would really question whether you do. Um, I've already talked about in other episodes that the LinkedIn profile is your starting point, the place you can test everything out and you don't need a website at this point. Also, um, with the website, obviously, then you're going to need brand and you're going to need graphics. But until you've planted the seed in the ground for what your business is going to be and you've watered it and you've tested it and you, you've gone out and you've weathered it with people and got feedback, you really won't know the characteristic of your business. You won't really know what you are growing until it gets to a certain point of maturity. And it's only when you get to that maturity point that you can actually give a graphic designer a good brief and get a logo and a look and a feel that actually works with who you are and what you are about. In my book, Grassroots to Green Shoots, I talk about this as um, a plant analogy throughout. It is like putting a seed in the ground and watering it and nurturing it. But until it gets to a stage of maturity, you won't know if... Um, a zucchini, a courgette is going to grow off of it, or it's going to be a tomato plant, or it's going to be a sweet pea plant, or it's actually going to be an acorn. You actually have no idea. All you've got is the seed of an idea that you think is a tomato a plant, but then you find out that it's not. It's actually something very different. And so until you've given yourself enough maturity in the business and you've been out selling and delivering results um, and all of those things, you actually aren't ready to, to talk about your brand colors and, and things like that. Now, obviously the timing of that, when that's right, will be different for everybody. And it definitely makes you feel like you're dressed really well when you've got the, the, the graphics in place. Um, so there's, there's different timings for that. And the caveat I just wanna say with that here is you don't need it straight away. But when you do have cash, it's really easy to go and invest in that straight up before you've given yourself the chance for that business and idea to mature and therefore it wastes money and therefore it's the worst thing for your new business. Um, so 
Yeah, you know, there, there, there's a lot of how having too much money can soften you, it can allow you to stay in a mindset that isn't um, productive as an entrepreneur, um, that allows you just to keep wasting money. I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, over a hundred thousand pounds being invested like this. And that's not a number they've told me. That's a number I've figured out based on where they live, how they run their lifestyle, what their monthly overheads must be, times the number of months that they've been doing this, um, gives me like the investment maybe £50,000 um, on their salary. And then I can see that they've hired somebody and there's no money, that, that they're not selling anything, there's no money coming in. Um, it might be a VA or it might be an attempt at a salesperson. And so there's that overhead and then there, there might be the overheads of working space, um, resources, things that are needed, graphic design, website, fancy technology, um, all of these things that I can pretty much go, well, that's £100,000, but you're not even trading yet. Is this business worth a million pounds? Do you have it in you to go out there and do a million pound sales based on where you currently are and your skill set and your mindset? And more than likely not, the answer is no, they don't have that, that mindset and ability because they're from a corporate background, not from a sales background. And why do I say a million pounds? Because you've invested a hundred thousand pounds. So you want to get back a million pounds to make that actually a good investment. Um, you know, a good, you know, if your friend asked you for a hundred thousand pounds, you'd want to see at least 10% return on investment, surely. Um, which isn't that figure I know, but uh, do you see, but do you see how, do you see like how having too much money can make you soft? And it can really pull you away from doing sales and making excuses. I know for myself, I get, I still get caught up in this. I make a big load of sales, I get cash in. And then the cash is like sitting there. I go, well, I, you know, I've got clients, I'm serving, I'm busy, I'm serving clients and they're paying me and I've got cash in the bank and it's all fine and they're on residual. So, you know, I've got a residual income for the next eight months, I'm fine. And then I stop doing a number of sales and then I get myself into trouble. And then I look, how did I get here? And I go back through the diary and I count up how many sales appointments I did. And I probably stumbled into booking people in, say in like a three month period, I, I spoke to four people because four people um, sounded interesting or something because I was that busy. Um, and then you realize that, you know, of course things are going downwards because you haven't done enough sales appointments. And it always comes down to the number of sales appointments. It's not your intrinsic worth, your ability, your value. Um, it's not what you believe in yourself. It's not your mindset. Um, it is sales appointments. Go and do those sales appointments. And if they really, really scare you, then I just invite you to, to get in touch. And let's really, really look at those sales appointments and how we can make them a really tangible hook that people want to attend that sales appointment, that you can add a value in that sales appointment, build up this incredible network, structure it in just the right way where you can ask the buying question or the person asks you, how do I buy? And you can make those sales appointments every single month and also feel like they're really talking to a friend and really, really enjoyable. Um, and that just keeps that plane on course. So I hope that you've enjoyed the content in this webinar. I hope that it, I've drilled it home enough just how important it is, is out there to just get out there and test your product in front of the marketplace and get real feedback um, and how you know money really can make us rest back. I would just not make that money accessible to you. 
Um, I would set the sales target, try every single month, set the target. I am going for X amount, you know, replacement of that full-time um, income. I'm going for this. I'm going for this. Not as I wouldn't set it as a goal. In fact, I'm going to do this as the next podcast. I wouldn't set it as a goal because goals feel bad when you don't hit them. I would set it as an intention that that's where you're going for. And you keep going for that, keep going for that, and you get feedback. And you won't always hit it. And you might be hit, like, being really far away some months. But that's just feedback. That's just you learning and growing. And when you don't hit that, you know, those overheads that you need, then you can take the money out of your savings and say, look, you know, my overheads are £2,500 a month. I've made £2,000. I'm going for £4,000. This is what I learned. This is what I got from it. This is what I'm going to do differently next month. I'm going to take that £500 out savings and I'm just going to keep myself steady and get my bills paid. That is where startup cash is great. It can just fill in the gaps when you just trip yourself up. <laughs> well, not trip yourself up because that was in sit, say that you know how to walk. Um, but actually at the moment you're going from learning how to uh, roll over to crawling to standing up to walking. Um, and if your salary comes at running, <laughs> there is going to be a disparity there whilst you're you're getting there. And you know, some months you do just go, oh, I got myself in a real state there and I didn't do the things I needed. Um, and that's where the cash can come in and really back you up. Um, you're not going to hit it every time, all the time. Um, so that's when having cash is lovely. But it is about wrapping that cash up with the right mindset um, and using it well. Um, because it's not startup cash, it is your your life work. It is everything you've done, um, savings, um, redundancy. You know all of these things are assets. This cash you've got is assets. Um, so let's not let's not deplete all our assets going after this new thing, because it feels nice um, <clears throat> and it feels scary. And I'm gonna sit here and do nothing but develop my product all day long. Um, so I really hope you got a lot from this episode. The next episode, I'm gonna go into this concept of uh, intentions versus goals. It's actually something I call uh, failing forward, um, and I'll be talking to you about that in episode seven. So uh, new episodes every Wednesday. And uh, do check out the Facebook group, The Expert Economy. Do check us out on LinkedIn, Expert Economy again. Um, follow the company page. Invite me to connect if you like. Um, and make sure to go and download a copy of my book, The Expert Economy, by going to www.theexperteconomy. Um, I look forward to seeing you next time.